Welcome to the Let's Think About That podcast, where we don't just react. We'll break it down and think about it. We're going to talk news, the law, sports, whatever we're thinking about. We're your hosts, Ed Yeager and Lee Allen. Lee, how are you, my friend? Uh, hanging in there post-Halloween. How about you? Uh, I am well. We've made it to November now. We have. It's hard to believe it's November. Yeah, it sure is. This year has flown by. Yep. And fortunately, we've had something to talk about every week. This is true. Yeah. Never a shortage of news. No. No. And and, and critical news. I mean, serious stuff. Um, it seems like every week almost it gets more... Um, more serious, more complicated, more complex, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and I don't think it gets any more serious than World War III, do you? No, no, I don't. Um, not to say that's going to happen, but certainly uh, the situation in the Mideast has not eased up any. Israel is pursuing their advantage against uh, Hamas. The world just seems more polarized for it. America seems more polarized. Yeah, um, and, you know, it might not just be... World War III, I mean, we could be talking Armageddon. Um, you know, and there are people that have speculated, and I don't want to do that, and I'm certainly not uh, well-versed enough to really to comment, but, you know, it does make you wonder. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, because just earlier I was listening to a uh, podcast with Taylor Marshall talking with uh, – Pasobiec about uh, the people who think about Armageddon and whether this is a trigger for it. So, and, and I don't understand that theology either, um, but there are certain people out there who do. What What was their conclusion? I didn't get to the end of it, so I won't, I won't tell you. But look them up. Yeah, but what we do know at this point is that some of the images that have come out of Gaza are are certainly horrific. We talked about that last week that they would be, we've seen continued protest here and a rise in anti-Semitism, which just is shocking, um, yes. in the halls of Congress, in academia, everywhere. And on the streets of not only London and Paris, but America. And it seems like there are protesters just ready to go for whatever the cause of the day or the week is. They were cocked and loaded, and all they needed was something to happen, and they could pull the trigger, and they had their posters and their signs and their flags made up. It's exactly what it feels like. It does. Um, there's still talk about this thing maybe lasting six months at a minimum with what Israel wants to do. So. Um, last week we said that there had been 13 attacks on U.S. bases or troops in the area. Now I think the number is up to 26 or 27. Is that right? Yeah, the number, last number I heard was 27. Um, you know, fortunately. And, of course, the Biden folks are pretending like it's not Iran. Um, they keep saying we have no evidence. You know, And, of course, everybody, good guys, bad guys, and everybody in between knows Iran is pulling the strings here. Yeah, and closer to home, the FBI director now says we're at greater risk. You have to wonder how much of this is because of the millions of people that have come across the southern border that we don't know anything about. I don't know if you saw this, but just today, Todd Densman tweeted that between all the different sources out there, 
coming straight across the border, the airlift over the border, the gotaways that we're probably at around 500,000 people per month. Yeah, I did. I saw that. And, you know, I, I saw somebody else and I, I think it was somebody who was quoting Todd Benjamin, who was a two time guest on our show and, and, uh, has a, uh, a really good perspective on both uh, X or Twitter and, and, and as a website and a number of books, but uh, they were speculating that <clears throat> not only do you have to worry about uh, Iranian backed terrorists or, you know, Islamic terrorists, but how about Chinese? Um, and, you know, I don't know whether that's the case or not, but there have been an awful lot, apparently, of Chinese citizens, military age males um, who have crossed over. And, you know, I saw some speculation and I don't know whether this is true or not. not you know, I don't want to uh, jump to conclusions, but the fellow that got arrested last night in New York for making threats to students at Cornell. Right. Is um, um, I saw some speculation that he might have come here from China. I don't know if that's true or not. He, he, he might be as American as apple pie, although what he said was certainly abhorrent. Um, but uh, you know, it's um, scary time, yeah. And I saw his photograph and his um, his name, and and um. I guess I could say it's inconclusive. It certainly didn't rule out that possibility. No, but he had a clip on tie on in his po- in his photograph. Oh, he, he put that on for the mugshot. I don't know. I guess, <laughs> but he, it, it was a clip on. Well, that's interesting. You know, just to the topic of student visas. A lot of people might not remember this, but back in um, the late seventies, after what happened with the uh, American embassy in Iran. And the revolution there, there were a number of Iranian students here who were uh, here on student visas, and they actually uh, started protesting on behalf of the new Iranian regime. Jimmy Carter kicked them out of the country. Yeah. I don't say a lot of complimentary things about Jimmy Carter, um, but that seems like the appropriate thing to do. And quite frankly, people who we have here now who are on student visas who are protesting for Hamas – I think their visa should be revoked and they should be sent back home. Forthwith. Yeah. Um, I I was listening to one of the hearings maybe yesterday or day before um, in uh, Congress. I don't remember if it's the House or the Senate. And the, uh, I guess the position of whoever it was, and I don't know who was the questioner, was that the law, the statute, not only allows for that, but seems to require it. Um, in, in the case of, of a student visa and that person um, espouse um, uh, or, or, or claim, um, you know, uh, not necessarily fealty, but, but certainly loyalty and, and, and make pro-terrorism, a, a pro-terrorist group statements. Um, you know, we certainly don't need to enable that. Yeah. Of course, I'm sure that Biden won't send them back. I mean, he can't even tell the truth um, about anything. But, you know, today, a number of foreign nationals who are in Gaza, and by that I mean they're not Palestinian and they're not Israeli, 
uh, were allowed to leave through this Rafa gate um, to the Sinai Desert, which is Egypt. Americans were not allowed to leave. Um, and Biden, you know, um, they had some namby-pamby statement. Um, he and Blinken about, well, we, we think that's going to happen tomorrow. You know, and of course, what's the Egyptian president's name? Is it Sisi? That sounds close. Um, you know, that fool wouldn't even be in power, but for the money that we give him, which enables him to uh, keep all the balls in the air and stay in power. And, you know, a real president would have been on the phone with him in a New York minute saying, look, dude, you know, at, the, at a minimum, you're going to lose a bunch of money. Um, and, at, uh, you know, other than that, be careful. Yeah, we have some levers of power, which we don't use. Um, a couple of points. Going back to the the student visa issue, that's something that Mallorcas would just come up and say, well, that's because we have a broken immigration system because right. they're not going to enforce the law. Um, with the issue about the Rafa gate and people not being allowed to leave, you know, just two thoughts I'd piece out of that is one, it, it, it kind of shows the mindset of all the other nations around Israel as to how comfortable they feel with a bunch of Palestinians coming into their nation, that Absolutely. they are, that they are not accepting them. The other thing is, while it's good that other cer certain nationalities were able to get out, how horrible is it that you have a line of people and you say, okay, uh, based on your ethnicity, you go this way. And based on your ethnicity, you go the other way or you don't go anywhere. Yeah, it's terrible. And apparently there are about 500 Americans there in Gaza. Well, you know, you can say what you want. They're hostages now. I mean, they were not allowed to leave. Uh, and I'm not sure whether all of them wanted to leave or not, but apparently a good number of them did and the, were not allowed to. And I don't know whether that was the Egyptians or whether that was Hamas or, or exactly who, but you know, that's just not good. And you make an excellent point um, concerning leverage. Um, and it's real important. I, 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 and I think you're exactly right. So we'll see what happens tomorrow and the next day and the day after that, you know, and be back next week and you know, see where we are with this. It certainly doesn't give indication of resolving itself peacefully anytime soon. No. And, you know, I keep reading people who are, of the opinion that the Biden administration is doing everything it can to slow down the Israeli uh, ground attack. Um, I think that's probably true. And Blinken's going again on Friday. That would be his third visit in 21 days. You know, they have telephones. They have email. Um, I bet you they can even arrange a Zoom call. Probably Zoom or WebEx or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm wondering if that's the case. And then all this uh, humanitarian aid that's getting in is, you know, I really believe that that's all just what it's supposed to be. And it's all going to the right people. And Hamas is not getting any benefit from it. Yeah, no cynicism there. But, yeah, but you're right. And I want to get back to this. You're, you're so right about the Egyptians not wanting to take over Gaza. And not wanting those those folks, you know, in was it seventy eight or seventy nine when they had the Camp David Accords with Jimmy Carter and Menachem Begin and Anwar Sadat, Begin offered as a throw in to give the Gaza Strip 
back to Israel. And Sadat didn't want any part of it because, and I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right uh, descriptor or descriptive. And, and the best I can come up with is hornet's nest. Okay. You know, it, it is just an impossible situation as long as Hamas is there. Um, and the, the, the majority of the population is lockstep with Hamas and, you know, the Jordanians kicked the Palestinians out in like 1970. Um, and they ended up in the West Bank in the Gaza Strip for the most part. And all they have to do, all they have to do is stop killing Israelis and say, we accept that you have a right to live. That's all I got to yeah, do. Yeah. You know, all these people calling for ceasefire and all that kind of stuff. They don't call on the Palestinians to surrender. Now, you're exactly right. And they don't even call on Hamas to release the hostages. That's exactly right. And and it's just it's just really I just don't understand it. I really don't. Um, you know, this is this is not complicated in terms of right and wrong. It, it might be complicated in terms of the politics to s- solve it. Um, cause you know, I don't know what would happen. I mean, clearly Hamas can't be involved. Clearly the PLO can't be in, you know, once Israel does whatever it's going to do, the PLO can't be trusted. The Egyptians don't want any part of it. I see where Blinken and or Biden is talking about, you know, contributing, um, you know, U.S. military personnel as a peacekeeping force, which would be a terrible idea. Terrible. Just as it was in Beirut when Reagan did it. Um, but, you know, putting a baby in an oven and baking it to death is really not, you know, there's no, there's no explanation for that, no justification, uh, no excusing that. Uh, that is just textbook evil. If we don't have moral clarity on that, we won't have it on anything. Exactly. I think that in the West, we believe that everybody basically agrees and wants the same things in life. And that if we could just all sit down or we could work something out, that's not true. No. The the kind of people who did this and the ones who supported them and the ones who supported the supporters, we can't work anything out with them. No, no. There's no middle ground with people that want... Uh, want us and the Israelis dead, you know, they're, they're, and it, it, we live in this world where I guess it's, you know, quote, progress. But the vast majority, I think, of Americans are completely in the dark about that issue, how to deal with it. They have no idea what war looks like. And I blame a lot of that on the media from Vietnam, you know, if, if we'd have had cameras, TV cameras, you know, at Iwo Jima or Bastogne or Normandy, you know, the American people, I mean, do you think they would have said, hey, that's too much. Let's have a ceasefire and give them some medicine. I don't know. I used to say, hell no, they wouldn't have said that. But now I wonder. Uh, I don't know either. But as a nation state, first of all, you have to have a border. You have to enforce that border. And then you have to you have to swing a big stick occasionally and you got to kill people occasionally. And that's not something that you necessarily enjoy, 
But the bad guys out there who aren't going to negotiate, who don't want anything other than you dead, they got to understand. And the only way you make them understand is to kill enough of them. Yeah, you're right. You know, um, was it uh, was it Bull Halsey or somebody that said, you know, you kill enough of them, talking about the Japanese after Pearl Harbor, you kill enough of them, they'll stop fighting. Well, and, you know, not to, not to go down this road too far, but certainly if you look at the type of action we took in World War II, all, all of the combatants took in terms of firebombing and, and targeting civilian populations, it certainly wouldn't pass muster with most people today. Yeah. I mean, if you look at that one night in March 1945 when we firebombed Tokyo, um, you know, killed half a million people in one night, and they had those paper and wood houses, and they flew the planes crisscross pattern so they could get the fires uh, into a cyclone. Did the same thing in Dresden, although that was a more of a British operation. Absolutely, I mean, it's it's awful, but you know, don't start something you can't finish. Uh, the other story I, I just want to get your thoughts on, and we've talked about several times the Biden corruption scandal. Well, today. Uh, James Comer, Congressman James Comer from Kentucky, came out, and this is just a little bit of audio of what he said. Not only did he lie about his son Hunter making money in China, but it also turns out that $40,000 in laundered China money landed in Joe Biden's bank account in the form of a personal check. And the Oversight Committee has it. I mean, he's making it pretty clear when he says the Bidens or the Biden family were laundering Chinese money in 2017. That's a major allegation. And it would seem to me that, you know, I don't know that you have influence peddling of an illegal sort when he's out of out of office. I mean, clearly he, he owes some loyalty to the Chinese as a result, and that's problematic. But in terms of was it a bribe? I'm not sure. But they called it a loan and didn't report it on the tax returns. And there's no documentation as to the loan. So it looks to me like you've got tax evasion uh, pretty clearly. Although the statute of limitations may have expired on that. I don't know. But given what we saw with how the IRS treated Hunter before, uh, certainly it seems like they were willing to push things off until the statute had expired. Yeah. And apparently yesterday, I think the National Archives, it was announced, I don't know if they did it or if the House Oversight Committee did it, but they found 82,000 emails from Joe Biden's, um, I call them fake email accounts, the accounts he set up with a pseudonym. 82,000, which were to companies controlled by Hunter, such as Rosemont Seneca and other front companies, right? I'm not sure that they, I'm not sure about that piece of it, but if they are, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, holy smokes. And, and just to be clear, this payment, which went from Sarah and Jim Biden to Joe Biden, Comer's got a copy of the check. And the check actually says on the subject line or the memo line loan repayment um, as the $200,000 check, which he, put out a couple of weeks ago, also said. And Jonathan Turley wrote a good piece yesterday where, where he talked about, you know, that's a classic money laundering tactic. 
to call something a loan this month. And just to be clear, this could have all been above board. Biden wasn't in office at that time, but it also received no scrutiny from the press when he ran for president in 2020. So we don't really know the facts right. of it. Right. And, and, and Biden dared the House Oversight Committee and the media, but the media doesn't do anything. Yeah. What did he say? Show me the money or something? Where's the money? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Probably in one of those doing. three or four houses you own, Joe. Yeah. I don't think he's getting any, uh, it's getting any play in the mainstream media. I don't think so either. Not yet, at least. And, and certainly not now. It's it's barely registering on anybody's radar because of what's going on with, with uh, you know, the war in the Mideast, as well as all the surrounding events and aspects of that. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Well, what's on your radar for the next week, if I have to ask? Well, uh, tonight's game five of the World Series. Rangers are looking strong. They, they are. I, I, I went to bed last night when it was 11 to 1, and uh, when I woke up, I saw that the uh, Diamondbacks came back and scored six more runs. Which six um, runs in a baseball game might have meant a win in some circumstances. You'd think you'd win, you know. Um, it usually would get you a win. Uh, so, you know, I suspect that, uh, I guess see today's Wednesday, uh, they would play tomorrow games. No, 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 they wouldn't. Tomorrow's travel day. This is game five. So Friday and Saturday would be six and seven if they're needed. So that'll, that that's, that's something I've got my eye on. It wouldn't surprise uh, me if it goes seven. I think that would be, uh, be a great series. Yeah. And it has been an enjoyable series, even though the teams are not what you would traditionally think, you know, uh, would be World Series teams. And you would think that the news media would, would really not want, uh, you know, or at least Fox would not want those teams playing because they're not going to bring the New York or L.A. audiences. Uh, but it has been a good series, enter- entertaining, interesting. Um, I have enjoyed it. And then, you know, this war stuff and. I guess the Biden uh, corruption scandal that – is it simmering? Is it fair to say that? Is it even simmering? I'll call it a low ball at this point at most. Okay. Okay. What's what's on the Jaeger radar? Well, I guess all of that. Um, the only other thing I, I know that's going on is that as we're recording this, the House of Representatives is debating a motion to expel George Santos who's a Republican from the third district of New York. Um, I, I don't know how that's going to go. He, he doesn't have a lot of friends. I don't think in Congress. And yet the Republicans have such a slim majority. I have to think that many would realize we need every vote we can. And he's not been convicted of anything. No, he survived one several months ago, led by the Democrats when he was charged and he survived it principally because he was only charged. He wasn't convicted since then. And, and this is a Republican effort. You're right. And it's led by the other Republican congressman from New York. Um, the the difference they're saying is now he's been indicted and his co-defendant has pled guilty and sort of turned state's witness or turned government witness um, and is saying that he, you know, did the things he's accused of. I don't know. I think it's pretty clear that uh, the evidence is very strong 
And I guess I'd like to say, I'd like to think that some things are above partisan politics or party politics. Um, but it puts the puts the Republicans in a in a pickle because, like you said, I mean, what is the, what is the majority? How much are they ahead of the Democrats in seats? Five votes. Yeah, so that would that would take it down to four. And, and it it was five votes. That's assuming that no one has lost some, you know, somebody somewhere who's gotten sick and passed away or something. I I, I don't know for right. sure. That's if everybody shows up. You know, I'm, I'm going to take the same position I took with Senator Bob Menendez from New Jersey, and he looks guilty to me. I mean, but that's just from the information that's out there, and he's entitled to a trial. Well, that's true, and, and he's entitled to have his side. Menendez was found not guilty the first time he was uh, indicted. No, 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 hung jury. A hung jury, okay, but he was not found guilty. All right, I'll, I'll right. clarify that. Okay. So at least one juror thought he was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt of something. Of something. Right. Okay. All right. So the, the, the U.S. attorney or whoever it was chose not to recharge. Gotcha. Like so we'll see what happens with Santos. He is, uh, you know, I don't think he's won many friends and he's a junior congressman. So who knows? Yeah. He's got other issues, too. Didn't he lie about his jobs and his education? Oh, yeah. He's got lots of issues. A lot about his resume. Um, I, as I recall, he said he was um, Jewish and he wasn't Jewish. And, you know, he told different things to different groups. And it's pretty much all on camera somewhere. Um, it's hard to believe he gets reelected. Yeah, so. I, I pretty much think he was not. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Didn't think he'd win the first time. No. And a little piece of trivia, he's from the 3rd Congressional District, which is a snippet of Queens and a part of the north shore of Long Island. It also includes a town called Oyster Bay, which is not where Billy Joel was born, but it's where Billy Joel grew up, and he included that in some of his music. So, Oh, interesting. That's your trivia for tonight. There you go. And I would say this, because it slipped my mind earlier, uh, Monday, this coming Monday, is the start of college basketball season. Okay. All right. The official start. Yes. UNC's already played an exhibition game. I don't know when the first right. official game is, but. Um, I'm not sure about that. So that's something to look forward to. Absolutely. If we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything else for today. How about you? No. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Let's Think About That podcast. You can email us at comments at letsthinkpodcast.com. If you've enjoyed this show, click subscribe with your podcast provider, leave us a review, tell your friends, and spread the word. Mm-hmm.